Hello, we are live again from the Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Wisco Fanatics Facebook pages, as well as the Wisco Fanatics YouTube page. And uh, just give a little shout out to anybody who listens in the future on any of the podcasting apps, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on all of those now as well. So if you can't catch the show live, you can still catch the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts. I got my Willie Adamas jersey on today. He's back in the lineup oh, yesterday. So I, had to, I had to put my Willie Adamas jersey on today. Um, I want to thank Parker Johns for sponsoring the show. If you need game day food like Saturday for the Badgers uh, season opener, uh, check out Parker Johns. They got good food, good wings, good pizza. Um, for anybody who enjoys the show and wants to interact with us more, uh, we have our friend Christopher who set up a Discord channel for the Wisco Fanatics. So if you want to talk with us more during the week, during games, and think what we're thinking uh, while we're watching games, you can follow us um, and you can join us over on Discord um, so we can uh, we can talk more in between shows. And um, if you're on the Wisconsin Sports Heroics page, make sure to follow us over on the Wisco Fanatics page where we share some of the fun stats that we share on the show and um, when we get around to doing some more pie bets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, for info for live shows, which we uh, have one in the works right now. So um in addition to a couple other exciting things in the works but uh jake how you doing since last wednesday good man been a busy week uh work's really been pu- pushing us man and nobody wants to work so all the people that are working you have to work double <laughs> yeah i know you know what that's like bud yeah yep all right, so I'm just going to run through the last two games of the Brewers Red series from last week, and then we are going to talk Twins and Giants. And um, just going to start with the Reds. Uh, game one, Brewers won four to one. Brandon Woodruff back to his usual self, six innings pitched, four hits, no runs, ten strikeouts. Um, just perfect timing for him to be back to get another win over the Reds to keep pushing that that lead, which actually the Cardinals beat the Reds in the first game of their doubleheader today. So the Brewers are up to a 10.5 game lead on the Reds now. They have another game starting in like an hour. Um, Yelich and Avi had back-to-back doubles in the fourth inning. Jason base, one for two with two walks. Um, still leading the team in on-base percentage, Jason Base. I actually just wrote an article the other day, five underrated Brewers for 2021, and Jace Peterson was number three. Um, then you got Brad Boxberger, another scoreless inning, only three hits in the last six and two-thirds in seven appearances for Brad Boxberger. So he was actually number two on my list of underrated players. Um, in the eighth inning, Avi Garcia robbed a home run right along the fence, so keep the Kept the Reds off the board at that point. Um, and then Castellanos hit a solo shot off of Cousins. Um, Cousins knew it right away. He turned around and looked at it. And then that was just kind of a, a learning experience thing for him. So the Brewers got the win 4-1 to one in that game. And then game three. Uh, it sucks because I've talked about it a bunch of times. That Brett Anderson has a really good contrasting style to the way the, the big three pitch. Because he's a soft contact pitcher. And he's more of a locating guy. He doesn't have the quite the high velocity. He just can't stay healthy. And that'll be that'll be something that probably costs him a chance to get another contract with the Brewers. Uh, because I do think Aaron Ashby is gonna take that fourth starting spot next year. But um I mean if if Anderson can stay healthy, he can be useful. Um but it's usually right around that third time through the order is when he starts to struggle too. Um, 
I don't know, maybe we can do a situation that Craig Council likes to do where he uses like a playoff opener. And maybe Anderson can just pitch, you know, once or twice through the order, maybe three innings, three and three and third, four innings. Um, and then you turn the ball over to the bullpen. Um, you know, if the big three can uh, get you deep into some games. Um, it's Christian Yelich on base twice again. Avi Garcia, two more hits. Um, just in this game, the, the star of this game was Sonny Gray. Um, yeah, and the Reds hitters, I mean, they really just, the Reds just put together a complete game. So, um Credit to them for playing well that game. Um, but Milwaukee won the series, and that's what's important. Um, did you watch that third game of that Red Series? No, I watched the second game when Avi, okay. when he, he he got off about four inches off the ground and robbed that home run. <laughs> he's lucky he's tall, man. <laughs> so Jace Peterson was on second base with two outs, and there was a ground ball, and or no, I think it was one out, and there was a, it was a line drive, and it was caught. And Jace Peterson tried to jump out of the way of the tag, and they called him out of the baseline for the final out of the game. It was a really weird end of the game play. So the game ended by Jace Peterson getting called out. <laughs> Got our buddy Jay in the comments saying, at least we have great pitching. The Red Sox staff is terrible except for Sale. That's, that's. I mean, I've talked about it a bunch of times, and we've talked about it against the, you know, the way the Brewers have the best road record in baseball. And it's the the comment that I always make is that pitching travels. And for anybody who's thinking that the Brewers are going to have trouble winning on the road in the playoffs, they haven't had any trouble winning on the road up until this point because their pitching plays well. What's up, Chris? I see you. How's it going? All right. So let's move on to the Twins series. This one is a little less pretty, but um, Jake, I'll let you talk first about game one honestly i don't really have a lot of takeaways from this game yeah. it was kind of just game one first of all hello everybody how you doing um uh i would like to reply to jay's comment real quick you can just send chris sale over to us so we can you know take our pitching from a plus to a plus plus i mean i'm cool with that but love to have a dominant lefty in our starting rotation hello how you doing um so all right hey, before we uh before we talk twins Actually, so, I got my I got Dave's here. All right. All right. So before so we move on to the twins, we're gonna welcome our guest. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? All right, no, here we go. This is Dave. This is Dave. Dave my, uh, my, uh, we're echoing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You got me. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, still, uh, still uh, right, I got right, you. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Is it me, maybe? Is it me, maybe? My little, my little loud. I can hear you guys. Uh, we're here in double. Oh, we're here we in talk. double when we talk. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. We are fixing, we are the, fixing slide. the slide. So no mean so no comment. comment. <laughs> um, um, you got headphones, you got by, headphones chance? by chance? Um, what? what? Not, uh, <laughs> not with me now. Um. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, we hear yeah, everything, we hear coming, everything through coming through on your side. On your side. David, turn, David down your turn down your volume. Is that, is that better? Let me see. Let me see. Uh, still hearing double. Still hearing double. Yeah, still, still, still playing back. We're playing back. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try to. I like, I like my voice. Good voice. Good voice. Now I know why. I'm trying to pull it up on my laptop. <laughs> Maybe I'll right. change All it. Right. All right. All right. So. All right. So we're gonna let. We're going to let David uh, get his uh, stuff figured out. He's going to switch from his phone to his laptop, so hopefully that helps. Um, but, hey, that's that's part of the doing the show live is you get uh, you get the all the bug reports during the live free, show. There you go. It's not a there's, show. there's proof for anybody that, wants to, anybody that wants to know that we do the show live. There is your proof right there. It may not we do be live. pretty, but we, we do the we show live so that we can down. talk to people in the comments, and that's why yes. we do it. So. Yes. All right. All right, Chris, I think he's back. Double the content. So, Brewers, Twins, zero to two. This was Hold a on, I think he's game. back. I think he's back. Hold okay, on. we will get back to the zero to two All game right. for the third time later. <laughs> do do we really want to talk about that game? I don't. I mean, they had five hits and one walk. Yelich was the one walk. It was a trash game. Donaldson hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the first. Right. That was the whole game. There you is go. This, is this you better for you guys? I think you're better now, yeah. We still got yep, double that content, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Dave. What's up? So we just uh, we just went through the last two games of the Brewers Red series. Um, I just had a handful of things I wanted to ask you about as we get into the last month of the season. Um, just going to jump right in. So the Brewers have what is it? Twenty nine games left. I believe like yeah. twenty nine games. Do you think the Brewers yeah. will hit a hundred wins? Hmm. I don't know. Um, they might. I mean, the, the way that they've been playing, they certainly can. Um, I, I think I, I last saw they're on pace for like 98 or 99. So it's possible. I mean, they, they can keep on playing well, but they also have a fairly tough uh, remainder of the schedule. I mean, they, they face the Dodgers to end it. Uh, they also face the Cardinals, I think, nine more times. Um, so they got some, some good teams coming up that they'll have to face off against. And, um, so it's possible, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath for it. And I'm not really worried if they get to hundred wins necessarily. Um, you know, I, I think I've said a couple of times before that, you know, I'm not necessarily, uh, looking to go all out for like the number one seed and, and make sure that they can get that. But, um, yeah, it's just as long as they stay healthy, they, they have a chance to. Yeah, I think that that two seed, we've talked about it a couple of times, that we'd rather be there than to have to face the winner of the wild card game, whether it's the Dodgers or, um, you know, you just mentioned the Cardinals who are now, they won the first game of their doubleheader with the Reds today. So now they're only a game and a half behind the Reds for that second wild card spot. <clears throat> so, Jake, this is something yeah. I, uh, I I shared in one of our group chats. I wanted to get David's opinion on it. Um, the Dodgers beat writers complaining about not getting the two seed, even though they have a better record than the Brewers. Um, this is, that's the way that baseball has always been. But, uh, to me, it just struck me as just whining, but, uh, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Yeah, it's, 
It's so dumb. I mean, the the Dodgers and, and their riders are always going to have that kind of thing about themselves. But they just mm-hmm. feel they're so high and mighty and deserve to be above everyone else and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's the, the reason MLB went to this format is because, you know, they wanted the um, the emphasis to be on winning the division, which is what it has been for pretty much the entirety of baseball. You know, if you don't win the division, then, you know, for the longest time, you didn't even get in. You know, if the, like for God, when did they introduce the wild card? Was that the 90s that they introduced oh, that? Yeah. But see, like, like before that, like right now, the Dodgers would not even make the postseason. So the fact that they're complaining that they're not a high enough seed after not winning the division, it's just, it's just ridiculous to me. Um, but, well, you know, the Dodgers are just going to complain like like they always do. They're going to catch the Giants because the Giants are just freaking free-falling, man. They lost two or three to, you know, the Braves. Now they lost two in a row to us. They might lose four in a row to us, honestly. They should have lost three in a row to us in the first time we played them. But we didn't have nobody in the bullpen. I hate the Dodgers, though. I'm not trying to make a case for them. I I hate those son of a bitches. That's that's why I brought them up. Yeah, the the NL West is going to be certainly interesting um, down the stretch. Um, But – when it comes to yeah, yeah, that race, I mean, the Brewers have just kind of made that one super interesting with wins the last two days, cutting that lead down to a half a game uh, for the Giants and a chance to, I mean, really just kind of completely upend it uh, here. So uh, that's going to be uh, fun to watch uh, over the final month between the Dodgers and the Giants because those two have clearly pulled away from the Padres, who have also been in a free fall, yeah. uh, which is a little bit surprising. But um yeah, that's just it, – it's going to be a very interesting race. And I'm not necessarily looking forward to, you know, facing the Dodgers or even the Giants in, in the postseason. But um, it's, I think in a short series also, the Brewers, like, even a long series, I, I think they have a chance with the pitching that they have. I agree. For sure. So Tyler, something – um, Can I ask a question ahead. that I just thought of? Who is – the Cy Young winner on the Brewers. If you had to pick a pitcher, Corbin Burns, man. Corbin yep, Burns. That's Burns for me. Has yep. been forever. I've, I, every, everyone who knows my Twitter account and anyone who really knows me knows that I've been on the Corbin Burns Cy Young hype train since the very beginning. I, I started the hype train. I'm the conductor <laughs> of the Corbin Burns for Cy Young hype train. Like I got that ball rolling in 2019 and it got off to a rocky start. We kind of fell off the rails there, but we got it back on the track and he finished sixth last year. And this year I, I still say he's going to win it. I mean, the stuff that he's done um, historically is setting records, rewriting record books completely here um I, I think that's really puts him in that conversation look at the stuff that he has van Graff just wrote an article about his fifth best pitch today what does that tell you about how nasty he is like what the the numbers that he's putting up uh he absolutely should be the the cy young this year i believe his next day to pitch is sunday right the fifth sure Sounds sounds well, right to me. I think, I think I read that because I'm going to that game with my dad, my stepson, and my father-in-law. We're all going to that game. I'm like, yes, we get to see Corbin Burns. Let's go, baby. Yeah. So He's a stud, I've man. seen him a, a couple of times this year, and it's just always so much fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, just just always a, a really good, really good outing. Always fun to watch and uh, friends in low places blaring over the loudspeakers in the first inning. <laughs> you know, uh, his his walk up song. It's not the Garth Brooks version anymore though, which I'm a, I'm a little upset about. Like, did they get it get after them for copyright that he can't play the Garth Brooks version? Like, uh, come on, play the original, man. Right. <laughs> I saw Burns in the opening series against the Twins where him and Barrios were dealing against each other and Burns lost the game because he gave up mm-hmm. one solo shot to Byron Buxton. So that was a bummer, but it was yeah. it was fun watching Burns dealing. But, um, Jake, when we get back into talking about the, the Brewers-Giants, that first game that Burns pitched, he pitched uh, yeah. very well and threw some nasty pitches in that game. Um, talking about potentially – getting past the Braves and then into a, a seven game series. Um, what do you think about doing a pairing of starters, say like Adrian Hauser with a guy like Aaron Ashby? I mean, I could, I could totally see that happening. I mean, Craig council certainly been creative with his pitching staff before. Um, and Ashby has certainly proven himself to be a, a pretty quality arm um, and someone that they really like going forward. So uh, when it comes to this rotation and like, you know, when they shorten it down in the postseason and they go to three or four starters, um, you know, you, they're going to find a way to get Hauser and Lauer and Ashby and a- Anderson, even possibly all those innings that they need. Um, yep. So they'll get them in there somehow. Um, and, you know, a tandem start with, you know, between a couple of those guys, you know, Hauser and, and Ashby, I think, make a pretty good combo. Um, but, I mean, you got a you got a couple of lefties there in that group. I mean, re- really kind of Hauser with anyone. I mean, Anderson, Lauer, Ashby, uh, it, it all would really kind of pair well. But uh, especially with the power stuff of Ashby, I mean, that could really be some, some electric stuff to watch. But he is still young. I mean, we'll see uh, how he does over this next month to see if he's ready for a role like that. But uh, he's certainly done well so far. Yeah, so that was one of the things I wanted to ask you was like what to watch for in the month of September. Definitely Aaron Ashby is one of those uh one of those things to keep an eye on. But um what else are you looking for in the month of September as they as they kind of seems like they have the division on lockdown, but um as the playoff seating kind of works out and stuff. What are you looking for in September? I'm looking for health. That that's the main thing. Keep everyone as healthy as possible. They've been resting really Adamus uh the last couple of days. Uh, with that quad, making sure he's healthy. Freddie Peralta being extra cautious with him, making sure he's healthy. Um, you know, there, there's no reason to really push these guys at the moment. I mean, they're, there's, they're not really battling uh, for anything. And, I mean, as Woodruff said the other day, like, it, you can't get complacent. You still have to be competitive. Uh, but at the same time, there's no reason for Craig Council to push guys beyond what, what he needs to push them. You know, what, like when it comes to Adamas and Peralta, they can afford to play a little bit cautious with them. The, guy, the guys on the field, I mean, w- when you're out there, you can't pull back and you can't have the attitude. It's like, yeah, we can pull back. You know, we, we don't need this game. Um, you can't have that attitude on the field. Uh, but when it comes to the coaching staff, when it comes to the training staff, uh, they can have that attitude. It's like, hey, let's just play it safe here. Give him a day. Give him two days. Uh, give him whatever he needs to make sure he's rested up and good to go for October. Yeah, you could put Eduardo Escobar in that grouping too. You know, his yeah. his quad, his hamstring, you know, 
um, able to be extra cautious with him, especially with guys like Jace Peterson filling in really nicely. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Jace Peterson. That's, <laughs> I still don't understand how he's been so good this year. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's never really been a good hitter at any point in his big league career. And now oh. all of a sudden he's got an 800 something OPS and he's got a freaking nearly 400 on base percentage. Like, what is this? Like, who, like, how are you all still walking Jace Peterson? And then they finally throw him strikes and then, then he hits them. And it's like, what? For real? He always when has the longest at He has the longest at I know. It's, it's insane. And I mean, the, the Brewers love what, what he's done. Um, and it's crazy that, I mean, he was designated for assignment back in May. Anyone could have grabbed him. Yep. They didn't. He chose to stay here. And now he's doing all this. And it's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, props to him. Props to Peterson for um, kind of blooming as a 32-year-old um, late in his career uh, as a utility guy. But, I mean, wow. Just, just I did – I did not see this coming, and I don't think anyone else did either. I don't even know if Jace Peterson saw this coming. <laughs> Maybe like five to six years ago. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Jake, the, the funny thing with with Jace Peterson is, um, in the the group chat we have with the writers that reviewing the brew, uh, it's kind of a known thing that uh, David's not a huge fan of Jace Peterson. So every time he plays really well, it's fun to it's fun to throw that out there that that Jace Peterson's playing really well and that he's Jace on base. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so you mentioned guys Gotta like Lauer. Now. I love that. Name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you meant, we mentioned guys like Anderson, Lauer, <laughs> Hauser. Um, so those guys all pitch for like soft contact to get ground outs, fly outs, things like that. Um, I've talked about it a bunch of times, but it's important to have guys with contrasting styles than, you know, the big three. So people don't like to recognize the contributions of guys like Anderson and Lauer because they don't put up the big strikeout numbers. But why is it important to have guys that pitch differently in your rotation instead of always just having the power pitching guys? Yeah, I mean, you got to give teams different looks. Um, and that's what the Brewers have really kind of specialized in, and, you know, especially with their bullpen. Really kind of all of their bullpen arms give different looks. And when it comes to the rotation – I mean, it, it's kind of a, a similar thing. I mean, it, you'd love to have five Brandon Woodruffs or five Corbin Burns in, in your rotation. I mean, as, as great as that sounds, yeah. But, I mean, there, there also kind of needs to be a little bit of a, a variety because otherwise teams, like, you know, going in every single day will be looking for the exact same thing. Um, so it kind of changes preparation going from one day being Brandon Woodruff um, and a power fastball and, and a power curve and – um, all the pitches that he's got. And then the next day you're facing Brett Anderson and he's topping out at 91 and he's just throwing a whole bunch of junk at you. And <laughs> it, it's just completely different. And, and this is the same reason why teams for years have tried to have at least one or two left-handers in their rotation instead of just, you know, right-hander, 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 <laughs> switched over to lefty. Um, and, and that way – um, it, it gives teams a different look. They're not looking for all the exact same thing, and, and they have to approach everything differently each and every single day, and they can't just come in with the exact same uh, mindset as the day before. Well, that goes that goes really well along with how a guy like Brent Suter 
can be so successful when he, you know, his fastball tops out of like what, like 87 max, and he leads the uh, Brewers. I think he's hit 90 a couple of times this year. Well, okay. I don't know if they juice the radar gun, but <laughs> he's got some sticky stuff on his glove. Has Suter ever been checked for sticky stuff? Oh, he's been checked. He's never had it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that too, that goes along with throwing off the timing of hitters. I think I saw a game last week where Brent Suter threw four pitches in 50 seconds against Joey Votto. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it helps too when Votto's like, you know what, I'm just going to match and I'm just not going to leave the box. I'm just going to stay ready yep. after each swing, after whatever, and just get back up there. So, yeah, that really kind of the, the pace there. Um, you, you know, we all know Suter likes to work fast and, when you throw 88 to 89 miles an hour on your fastball, you kind of have to have something like that in order to be successful. You know, if you can blow them away with 98, then you can maybe get away with taking some time. And, you know, no matter how much time the hitter has to think, it's going to be difficult to catch up to that. But with 88, they could catch up to that fairly easily if they had, you know, time to think, time to prepare. Um, but Suter doesn't give them that chance. And, and Suter and guys like Anderson, Lauer, they're they're guys that paint corners too. So, you know, when you get that mixed in with the, the way they, they can slow the ball down but then speed up the in-between pitches, is it's just it throws off the timing. And baseball, baseball players are known to be creatures of habit and repetition. So when you can throw that off a little bit, it can make players uncomfortable. And that's that's all about, like you said, giving them giving the batters different looks. Um so I want to ask your opinion about one more thing before, before we move on. Um, how do you feel about Christian Yelich recently and as far as the course of the year has gone? Yeah, Yelich is certainly looking a lot better. Um, he's looking more like his old self. Um, he's hitting the ball with authority, hitting the ball to all fields, You know, especially going, going to the opposite field, um, getting the high exit velos and, and hitting the ball hard. Um, so that's really good to see, you know, the home run power hasn't fully come back yet. Um, but I mean, that, that could still take a little bit. Um, but the important thing is he's getting on base, he's getting base hits, um, and and he's providing production that way. Um, which is something that we hadn't seen from him all year for the most part. Um, so the fact that he's there, um, is, is a really good sign and where he's at right now is probably more like what he was when he was with Miami when he just simply didn't have the big power numbers, but he hit the ball to all fields, hit it hard, you know, was getting doubles, getting triples, getting singles, things like that, uh, just using his speed on the base paths. So if you can get that, you know, as at least for now, and especially the way this lineup has been hitting, I mean, that's solid. You'll take that. Obviously, it'd be nice to see the the, the power numbers come back as well. Um, and, and he's working on it. But, I mean, he said a few weeks ago, I mean, he was back to square one completely with hitting. Um, and it takes a while to get from square one to MVP form. Um, so, you know, we, we got to give him that time a little bit still, um, but he certainly seems to be on the right path, and, and he's hitting the ball well right now. So what would you say to somebody, I've seen this so many times and I've explained it so many times, what would you say to somebody who says move them, move him down in the order? I don't think that's going to help anything or change anything. Um, you know, it, it might only damage his, his mindset a little bit more. I mean, you can, you can tell in his interviews and, and the way he kind of talks about things about how much he sucks and how down he already gets on himself. 
Um, I don't think the Brewers need to put him down in the sixth or seventh spot to put him down on himself even more, especially with the way he's been hitting lately. I mean, there, there's no reason to to do that. I mean, I'd be fine with putting him in the two spot, which isn't a typical power producing spot. I know the Brewers had him in that spot uh, when he was giving a whole bunch of power, um, but putting him in the two hole and then Adamas, um, who has been a certainly a better power hitter this year, uh, putting putting him in that three hole, I think would be much better. Uh, in my opinion. So I'd be fine with moving him up, moving him up to the number two spot in the order instead of the three hole. Um, and, you know, I, I think that'll work out just fine for him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yelich should be hitting two. I'd honestly have him leading off if we didn't have Colton Wong, but Colton Wong is doing so well in that leadoff spot. You got to keep him there. And then, like you said, putting Willie in that three spot, and then you can have either Avi Garcia or Omar Narvaez uh, batting fourth. But, what that whole time where Yelich was struggling to get hits, he was still getting on base a ton. He was up till he was at Jace Peterson levels of getting on base. But so Christian Yelich has played um, a lot fewer games. He's had two stints on the injured list this year. He's got about a hundred fewer at bats than Luis Urias, who is second on the team in walks. He has 48 walks. So in a hundred less at bats, Christian Yelich has fifty-seven walks. So you you need to have that guy that's getting on base towards the top of your order because if you're moving him down in the order, he's just getting on base for Jackie Bradley Jr. in the pitcher spot. So that was my yeah, my exactly. main argument with with Christian Yelich and why he should be at the top of the lineup and you should be moving him up if anything, not down, so that he can get on base for your three, four, five hitters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the bottom of the order there, uh, especially Jack Bradley Jr. hasn't been super productive this year. And yeah, he's been drawing plenty of walks. Um, part of that has been his super passive approach at the plate. And really, I think he needs to be more aggressive at the plate instead of passive and, and swing in early in counts. And that's when he was having his most success in 2018 and 2019. So um, he's been showing that a bit more lately. He's been walking a lot less recently. Um, so. It's just a matter of getting that aggression back at the plate, uh, swinging early in counts, jumping on fastballs that are um, in the middle of the plate. So he's getting there. I mean, he's he's been on base, but, I mean, the problem with walks is that unless the bases are loaded, uh, that doesn't really score runs for you. So, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to, to have him come up with those run-producing moments because he hasn't really been hitting in the clutch for the most part uh, this season. So – um, trying to get that clutch part back. And it's like, oh, we got runners in scoring position and, and Christian Yelich is up. You know, it's it should be, you know, excitement. It's like, yeah, something's good's going to happen instead of, oh, man, it's probably going to be either a ground, a rollover ground out to second or, or a walk or a strikeout or something. That's yeah. Um, Jake, you have any other any other questions you want to throw out there for the Brewers? No oh, man, that was that was great stuff, man. I just sit back and learn and listen, and I love it. I always learn like six things about the Brewers when I listen to Tyler. <laughs> love it. Well, this is the guy that uh, that shares the more Brewers knowledge than and shares some of the stuff that I get going. So, um, David, the baseball guru. Looking at looking at as we near the postseason, you mentioned health, but. Um, is there anything else that you're looking for in the Brewers, whether it be on the Brewers or in the minor leagues um, as we get into September? 
I mean, not particularly. I mean, we'll see how they do in a Craig Timber here. Um, you know, when the calendars turn to September, they've always been uh, super good. But that's been managing a essentially 40-man active roster. Uh, and now that's kind of been taken away from them. Uh, now they only have 28 guys. They, they only have two extra spots. And it's looking like uh, Daniel Volgebeck and Justin Topa are going to be taking those spots. Um, so, you know, they'll – They'll manage. They got the extra bullpen arm. That'll help. And they got an extra bat off the bench. And, and that'll be nice. But, um, you know, we'll just kind of see how they how they go through it, how Craig manages a September without a nearly 40-man active roster. So I think in 20, 2019 or something, they had like 36, 37 guys up on the active roster in September. Like, it was, it was nuts uh, what they were doing. Um, so... You know, we'll see kind of how they manage it, but you know, really the the primary concern is just making sure everyone stays healthy. All right, last thing before we let you go, if you had to pick one guy in the minor leagues to watch for next year, who would it be? Hedbert Perez, one hundred percent. This kid <laughs> is electric. Um, he just got promoted. He's eighteen years old. Just got promoted to low A. His low A debut wasn't super great, but the kid can hit. I'll tell you that right now. Um, he can hit for average. He can hit for power. He's got speed. Really great defender. Strong throwing arm. Five tools. Five <laughs> tool player to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I love Hedbert. Um, the, the dude's just – he's going to be insane. Uh, certainly one to watch uh, next year. Um, probably going to start in low A again, uh, but could earn his way up to high A at some point uh, during the season next year so uh as soon as he does i am making the drive to appleton uh, like i did last night but i'm making the drive to appleton and i am going to watch some timber rattlers games when he's up there so uh yeah that that is one guy to definitely keep an eye on for sure hey david you just let us know man i live in nina actually so tyler can meet at my place we can all go to the the timber rattlers game man dude let's do it i i met up with uh John, one of the other writers, uh, yesterday at the Tim Rattlers game, Brewers Raptor. That guy met up with him there. <laughs> oh, wow. And shockingly, he's not a dinosaur in real life. I was surprised <laughs> he's not an to actual learn raptor, that. I, I thought he was a legit raptor walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Tim Rattlers just had, I think it was just a couple weeks ago, they had dinosaur night and they had a Brent Suter raptor bobblehead. Yeah, I'm awesome. pretty sure he went to that. Well, yeah, he's, I mean, he has to. That's that's gotta he's like got to be like. I'm surprised he wasn't like the the guest of honor, the you know, throwing out the ceremony of first pitch or something. <laughs> so like, awesome. I don't know who's running stuff over there, but they dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> they always show him on Spectrum News. I'll write down his name next time. I'll tell Tyler. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, David. Thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for the insight. Um, I'll have to have you have to have you on again as we get closer to the postseason and into the into the playoffs. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks right. for joining Take me. Care. Awesome. All right. So let's move into the twins series now. I'll let you go, Jake. Now let's be your uh, your third attempt at talking Brewers Twins. Okay, so the thing that I really wanted to point out about this. Zero to two loss that the Brewers had was Andrew Albers, the pitcher for the Twins. Uh, it was his first start in four years, and he actually had a really, really good outing against us. He
He pitched five and a third and only gave up three hits. That's pretty incredible stuff. He he had a an appearance uh, the game before. His, he only had two appearances coming into this game. This was his second one. Uh, he pitched against the Red Sox, and he pitched like four innings and only gave up two hits in that game. So he's been doing really, really well coming back, you know, getting his way back into baseball. Um, to be honest with you, our pitching staff actually pitched very well. I mean, to only give up two runs and lose the game, we talk about this all the time. It's a dead horse. We beat it, but these are games you got to win. Uh, Lauer, yep. four and two-thirds, six hits, two earned. We got six Ks out of Eric Lauer, dude. Like, those are games you got to you gotta capitalize on. Cousins, I actually really, really like Jake Cousins. I think he's awesome. Like, he's pitched really, really well for us, and he has a really nice slider. He struck a couple people out last night. Yeah, he does. Sliders. Um, he had three Ks in this game. Strickland pitched well, and uh, Norris had one walk, no Ks, but one inning of work. He pitched really, really well. Yeah, and that's I actually have that written down in my notes too. It's just another one of those games that the Brewers need to win. You get two earned runs, and like you said, six strikeouts. The thing that hurt lower in that game was the infield single that. Rowdy kind of bobbled and then didn't get a chance to get over to first base in time. The guy was hustling down the line. Um, Tyler Wilkins asked the question, which Cousins is better, seeing as Jake Cousins is Cousins with uh, Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, which is the better Cousins? Well, I think uh, Jake Cousins is probably better on Monday nights, so I will take Jake Cousins. <laughs> also, he plays for a team that I like because screw the Vikings. Well, I mean the I mean the win percentage is obviously better on the Brewers too, so Yeah, it's a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> All right. So the thing with this game, five hits, only six total base runners, and yep. Colton Wong and Christian Yelich were four of them. So we just we just gotta have better better hitting. Guys gotta get on base. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's a winnable game. I should have asked David when he was in here why we were so good against the NL West, but so terrible against the AL Central. <laughs> they, I, don't, I don't know. They're a classic Wisconsin team where they play up to their competition and down to their competition. Yeah. Classic Wisconsin team. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying. Oh, I know, dude. I hate bringing it, it up. It is. That's why, I'm, that's why I didn't, have, that's why I I didn't say anything else. I'm just thinking about it. It's like... <laughs> like we really good. We lost a two-game series to the Royals. Like no, the White Sox, the, the the White Sox are the only team that we did well against in the AL Central. Because they're the good team from that division, dude. I'm telling you, it's a classic Wisconsin team. And so, you bring up, you know, you you brought it up last week when we did the Badgers primer. We haven't gotten into the preview yet, but when we did the Badgers primer. You mentioned a trap game where it seems like every year we have one game where we lose to like Northwestern or Purdue or something. It's a, so that's a trap series for the Brewers to lose two out of three to the to the Twins. But I'll let you talk about game two. Uh, game two is a little annoying. Um, Twins <laughs> yeah. scored four runs uh, in the bottom of the fourth. And right away you're looking at it and you're like, that hasn't happened a lot to the Brewers. That really sucks. And then right away they turn around and they put up their own four spot in the top of the fifth, tie the game. You're like, all right, baby, let's go. I mean, obviously, Hauser, you know, if you watch this game, didn't have his best outing. Gave up five earned runs in five innings. Uh, four of them, obviously, in the fourth. Um, sixth inning, the Twins retake the lead. 5-4, um, and then in the seventh, Donaldson had an RBI double, and that was the end of the game. The Brewers couldn't get it done. They gave up, I mean, 
How often have the Brewers given up a full, have given up a big inning like that this year? Really, not very often. Especially so, Hauser too. I mean, he's pitched yeah. pretty well. Um, I actually I'm really I wrote it down. Really bad mouthing Hauser. He's been really, really good for us, man. I'm gonna lay it out for you right now. I'm. I like him a lot. He he's great in the four spot. I'm. You know, yes. when people are starting to bring up Ashby, you know, taking that that last you know starter role, which I can understand because he's looked really, really good, but. You also don't just want to throw a guy into a situation that he can't handle. You know what I mean? Let, if he's doing well in his role, let him do well in his role. I mean, the the Brewers have proven it twice already with Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns that you give them a year of experience coming out of the bullpen to get their feet wet in Major League Baseball, and then you bring them in to be starters in the future. Yeah. I mean, the, the formula is right there, literally in your starting rotation of how to handle these guys. Yep. You give up, you know, you give them a a half a season in the bullpen, and then you get him in. And Ashby, I think, will have a chance at that fourth spot in the rotation next year with Brett Anderson only being on the one-year deal. But to your uh, point about Hauser being complained about, so I looked at his last four outings, total of 16 and a third innings. Those four outings, he's only given up one earned run. Wow. So one earned run in his last four outings over 16 and a third innings. I'll take that out of the fifth starter. Yeah. All right. So the weird thing about this game was the Brewers pitching coach getting ejected before the game even started. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. Sorry, that's a – yeah. Pat Murphy got ejected before the game even started by – Complaining to the home plate umpire, he brought out the the lineup card before the game and was talking about the balls and strike calls before the game even started and was ejected from the game before the game even started. And seeing Council sitting in the bullpen, kind of a smug look on his face, it seemed like they planned that to, to let Pat Murphy go out and give the lineup card so that he could give the umpire some hell before the game started um, instead of Council taking the lineup card out. But um, So that was weird. And then Rowdy Telez got ejected in this game. He's usually a pretty calm, mild-mannered guy for the most part, but yep. he he struck out. He struck out swinging, but the first pitch that was called a strike on him in that at bat was looked low and outside, um, kind of a borderline pitch that it seems like the Brewers don't really get many of those to go their way. Um, like I said, was if uh, in the past, if you follow the umpire scorecards on Twitter, they give umpire scorecards after every game, and there's been some pretty bad ones over this year, and it's getting to a point where people are questioning, do we need to go to electronic umpires? But that's something Rowdy Telez struck out swinging, threw his bat, turned, looked at the umpire, he said one thing, and the umpire tossed him right away. And Rowdy just throws his hands up, just Apparently so, the, uh, the announcer uh, having a bad day. <laughs> I guess so, and maybe he was mad at still at Pat Murphy for getting in his face before the game even started. So he's just, you know, moving along. But so that was weird. That yeah, just weird thing that uh, Pat Murphy got ejected before the game even started, and then Rowdy Telez got ejected later in the game um, for really only saying one thing to the umpire, but. Let's move into the third game of that series, the actually fun one to discuss, and I will let you start it off. Yeah, uh, Brewers finale. They finally took one from the Minnesota Twins. I don't understand why we always struggle against them. It's weird. I guess God was just like, 
we'll let Minnesota win baseball games. You guys just win all the football games, Wisconsin. Okay, fine, whatever. I'll take that. Since we only play twice a year against them. But baseball, uh, Brewers won 6-2. to uh, Urias got the scoring started in the second inning with a solo shot to left. Uh, Telez, you know, got his revenge uh, from being ejected the yeah. game before, and he absolutely took out all his anger on this baseball and hit a monster 454-foot three-run blast. That sucker, I swear that sucker is still flying right now. He demolished that. You want to know uh, what I wrote in my notes about that? Was you right? It's funny that you just said that he put his anger into the into that home run. My notes literally say Rowdy all frustration into one ball. That dude, I wrote he took his anger out on the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. You know, and then the the scoring kept going. Uh, two run double by Wong, and the Twins got on the board with Sano. He actually had a monster homer, four hundred twenty feet. But Brewers, you know they. They kind of put a whole game together. They scored. They hit the long ball. They got on base. They pitched well. So, six to two win for the Brewers. This is the kind of stuff that we got used to. Not seeing them lose two to zero on the road, which we're not used to. Sucks when you lose that close. It's like losing on a in football when you lose on a field goal with the time expiring. It's like are you freaking kidding me? I said he for sixty goddamn minutes, and that's what we just did. Ay ay ay. But here's what it is. They finally got one. They needed to because I think they lost three in a row going into this game. So it was nice yep. to get a 6-2 to two win. So this series was only the the third series loss that the Brewers have had since the All-Star break, which yeah, includes the Giants cool. series. Includes the Giants series when we had no bullpen and the two-game sweep by Cincinnati – or Kansas City, not Cincinnati. Forgot to write that down. I heard that stat too, damn it. I was excited to share that with you. <laughs> You can stay on your toes, bud. Next week. Next week, I'll get one. (laughs) (laughs) I got another one for you from this game. So the Brewers had nine total hits in this game. The first seven hits that the Brewers registered, all extra base hits. I remember. All doubles and homers. Yep. Let's go, baby. (laughs) So Colton Wong, two doubles in this game. Um, the, The highlight of this game for me was Aaron Ashby. I wasn't sure that Council was going to let him come out to pitch the fifth inning, but he did. Um, five innings, only 73 pitches, only three hits, only one walk, um, which did get which did get to uh, hurt him with the home run. Um, had the four strikeouts. His slider was nasty. He was making people look silly. He had uh, one batter. The dude swung so hard that the ball bounced in front of the catcher because he couldn't really see it because the batter was so tied up. He, he threw some nasty, nasty sliders in that game, and then he casually throws 97, 98 miles an hour with he his fastball. baby up there, man. I like Ashby. He's going to be a stud. And then, you know, you you, talk, you mentioned Rowdy's really, really long home run. You mentioned Sano's long home run. Urias hit his into the second deck, too. He did. Luis Urias is showing off the power that everybody wished Orlando Arcia would eventually show. You just love rubbing that in, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do because I was right about Urias, so I'm just going to keep throwing that out there. Um, right. But right, hey, he hit that sure. one into the second deck, so don't don't shortchange Luis Urias. He's a little guy. He hit a big home run. All right, then the last thing with this game – was Devin Williams and Josh Hader both striking out the side in the eighth and ninth innings. So those two are in 
they're they're ready for the playoffs. Those two, Josh Hader and Devin Williams, they're pitching their best, um, pitching really well, which is going to be a trend that continues as we move into the Giants series, which the Brewers have already guaranteed themselves a split. And Jake, I will let you talk first about Game One. So you mentioned that we guaranteed a split already. Um, I was talking to customers as I was working uh, the other day, and what do you say? No. Burger had two Ks. Oh, okay. Burger well, two anyways, um, they, we were just talking about you know how the last series we, um, we could have swept them. We only won one game, whatever. And we were just talking about how we just wanted to be able to split to show that we could play with top, one of the top dogs, you know. And we've already done that. Um, I'm gonna let you handle all the Corbin Burns because that's your guy. Um, he pitched a monster game. Um, Narvaez had an RBI single. Burns actually helped himself out with an RBI single. And Crawford yes, had a single uh, to right. Bell scored, and that was uh, that was almost the game. But Brewers ended up winning 3-1. This was a really, really big game. I, I didn't get to watch this one because it was on so late. that w- Those West Coast games, and I got to get up so early, man. Mm-hmm. I have to watch recap videos. Um, but I did get to watch uh, the one last night. So when we talk about that, I'll have a little bit more notes. But. Uh, Burns, Boxberger, Williams, Hader, they all pitched great. Like I said, I'm going to leave Burns for you. But uh, between Boxberger and Hader, they had two hits, one walk, and one K. That's amazing. That's what you're looking for. We've talked about it before. You want your, your horses to go six. You hand it to Boxberger in the seventh, Williams in the eighth, Hader in the ninth. You get the hell out of there with a W. Let's go. See, like that? It's a W. That's what I'm saying, man. We got to market that. I, I just thought of that right now on the spot. <laughs> that's that's the Brewers bullpen right there. Boxberger, yes. Williams, Hader. Leads to a win. Let's go, baby. <laughs> you should just you should keep that with three and just say leads to wins. I would I would leave it with that. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So Corbin Burns pitched an absolute gem. Uh, six innings, four hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. Drove in a run to help his own cause. Uh, he was hitting ninety nine. In this game, dude, he scored as many runs as he gave up. He's a freaking monster. He is a monster. He should win the Cy Young. But there's yeah. so much, there's so much credit put into innings pitched that it's gonna it's gonna be so annoying that Walker Bueller is gonna witch it, like w- win it, which is just one more reason to hate the Dodgers because Corbin yeah. Burns is just doing just nasty stuff with strikeouts. Like David said, it the, the stuff that he's doing, the records that he's setting, and the the crazy stuff that he's doing and he's not going to, unfortunately he's probably not going to get the, the big award at the end of the year, just because he's going to have less innings pitched. Um, but that being said, he was painting corners. He got into a little bit of trouble in the seventh inning. Um, he had two guys on and nobody out. And you could tell when council came to get the ball from him, that he was disappointed that he didn't get the chance to get out of that inning. But I mean, that's what you want to see from, uh, that's what you want to see from your your best pitching is you want to see guys that have that competitive spirit. So that's you know even though he was in a jam and in a tough spot, um, it's uh that type of attitude is something you like to see from your pitcher. Jake, I'll let you read out that comment real quick. Uh, my dad is uh, commenting in here. His name is Pat Net. He has the number one pick in our fantasy football draft. That is tomorrow. So anybody that's joining that, that's good right, luck tomorrow. I'm going to destroy you all because I'm the GOAT at fantasy football. But anyways, my dad said, uh, good show, but 
got to leave. Parker Johns is calling my name. My dad and my stepmother, Christine, are Parker Johns' number one customers. I shit you not. They go there all the time. <laughs> Every Wednesday, they love the wings. And you know what the worst part about that is? My dad doesn't even get sauce on his wings, dude. What? Oh, yeah, dude. He, he When he orders, my dad goes, uh, boneless wings, naked. I shit you not. That is how he orders. He wants naked wings. And so that's just how he eats them. He's, he's just not. eating popcorn chicken? Basically, man. That's just what he likes. And they get the fries. The fries are awesome, man. See? Naked. Told you. Told you. <laughs> call it. <laughs> but, dude, they have great fries there, by the way. Get, get the fries. But if you do go there, since we're talking about food and I'm getting really, really hungry, I'm like, I know, right? So, um, try if you're sitting at the table, try the Kansas City barbecue sauce. That is the best one there. It's amazing. Try that. Oh, look at it. Look at Bradley. Oh, you talking about the fancy Bradley? You about to get this smoke, man? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I ain't holding back. Tim, oh, yeah, out, hey, you, see, you see Tim in the comments? He's really excited about Tariq Cohen. Yeah, hey, you can have him. Go ahead. I don't care. He's a Bears player. Um, I was going to ask you, Tyler, since the award for winning the league is, you know, Wisco Fanatics merch, if me or you win, we should pick somebody live to get that merch. I'm down with that. Yeah, okay. I, I have I, I a couple Wisco Fanatics shirts, so I'm, I'm up for giving one away. And yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little, uh, a little teaser that we're going to have some uh, – we're going to have some stuff to give away coming up in the near future. So definitely keep an eye on the show page because uh, probably going to have some exciting announcements in the near future here to, uh, yes, to talk about. So for everybody who's still paying attention to us while we rant about food in the middle of Brewers discussion, um, you also get to know the the little secret that we have some exciting announcements coming up in the future. So definitely Keep an eye on. (laughs) I got so many like fantasy football trophies. Like I can't even stay on my shelf no more, man. I couldn't put them all up here. That's why I didn't put any up there. I got so many trophies. Well, donate one, and we'll just change the placard on the bottom to say something else for the Wisco fanatics. All right. Last things with the first game against the Giants. Uh, Christian Yelich just continuing to get on base. Uh, I wanted to bring up Christian Yelich because since August tenth. So it's been exactly three weeks since August 10th. Christian Yelich is 24 for 74, which is 324 in those games, has raised his batting average from 226 to 257. He's back, In three weeks. In three weeks, he's back. Last place for Jake. All right, Dad. Uh, All right, so we got a little bit of uh, got a little bit of fantasy football trash talk erupting in the comments because the last place in the fantasy football league for the Wisco Fanatics has to take a pie to the face. So that'll be another uh, pie bet that everybody can enjoy. If I get last place, I will take two pies to the face. I will let my girlfriend and my stepson hit me with pies if I get last place. So now, is that going to be consecutive, like pie pie, yes. or is it going to be like pie? You clean yourself off and then you get another one. No. Boom, boom. I'm not getting last place. That's how confident I am. Ain't All right, we'll see what happens. We got we got some fun people in there. We got your dad, your cousin. We got one of my co-workers, two of my co-workers in there. Uh, we got Christopher, who designed the Discord channel for us, is in there. Uh, Josh, the Packer expert, is in there. And then uh, Tim Rossing, the winner of the first Parker Johns gift card, is in there. Um, Jay, who comments on the show all the time, is in there. So we got some exciting 
uh, yeah. some exciting well, like, players Tim, in there. So, Tim, you got to tell us when you go to Parker Johns what you thought, man. You got to let us know. Got to let it. Got to <laughs> use that card, my man. Also, if you go up to Green Bay, man, send us an invite. I'll I'll drive right up there. It's only forty minutes for me. I'll hey, up hold on to it because we're planning a live show in the beginning of November. So uh, I can use idea. your. Uh, he is he is smarter than me. So do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, beginning of November. Keep an eye out. We're going to be posting that probably pretty soon. Here that we have plans for. Uh, another live show at the Green Bay Parker Johns to talk about the Packers. So, moving back to the Brewers, let's talk yes. about the last Brewers game last night, and I will let you kick it off, things as you have the have the notes for this one. All right. Um, so Woodruff, you know, we talk about Burns all the time because Burns has the electric stuff. He has five pitches, and you're just like, golly, man, this guy's a stud. Burns is just a horse, man. That guy just goes out there, and he's just a horse. He he works. He comes right at you. He's like. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care who you are. He's going to pitch to you, and he's going to he's going to make you know. Um, he had eight Ks himself last night. Gave up five hits, one earned. He did have three walks. Um, didn't burn him too bad, though, obviously, because yep. one stupid two. Um, he also yep. gave us six innings. Uh, Cousins, one inning, two walks, three Ks, no earned runs. And Brett Suter, you know, we talked about Brett Suter with your, your buddy there, and uh, he had two innings, two hits, uh, one earned, and four Ks. Uh, so Brett Suter kind of doing what he normally does, coming in, being effective. Um, Narvaez had two RBIs. Kane had two RBIs. And he had yeah, the home run. And that's when we were talking in the group, and you just see that Lorenzo Kane smile, and you're like, eh, now you're smiling because his smile is feels like, good. <laughs> yeah, dude, when you – there's some people, like, they just rub off, rub off on you a certain way, you know? And when you see a Lorenzo Kane smile – it's just so big and bright. It's kind of like a Donald Driver. It has that effect on you. When you see Donald yeah. Driver smile back in the day, you're like, hey, gee, oh, my God, I'm so happy now. Like, that's a big, bright <laughs> smile. Same thing with Kane, man. He's always happy, always enjoying life. And those are the kind of people that I like cheering for. And, you know, the, the craziest thing in this game was that Rowdy Therese had a, a, a triple. I never thought I'd see Yeah, that was him. weird. Only it, in San Francisco. Like we saw Prince Fielder have a triple back in the day. Only weird, in San man. Francisco. I swear. Yeah. It, it just bounces I mean, off. You got to hit it. Exactly. You got to hit the wall just right and have it bounce like as far as humanly possible away from the outfielder to make that happen for you. Yeah. But that was uh, a <laughs> Brewers. Brewers are dominating this series so far, man. Pitching well. They're hitting for power. I mean, the Brewers, we knew it when we played them the first time. You know, we're talking to our buddy Nick. Nick has come on the show. Nick Green, he's a Packers fan, but he also, he's a Giants fan for baseball. Um, we've talked about this, you know, we talked about it with him that, you know, the first time we played, we didn't have anybody in the bullpen and me and you felt like, you know, if we would have had hater that first game, we would have probably locked that one down. They wouldn't have tied it. Yep. I mean, there's just a, a bunch of what ifs and those are what we hate about sports. We don't want yep. what ifs. We want the head on head. We want to see what you got. Right. And yep. right now we're seeing that the Brewers are just better than the giants. In my opinion, I know the giants are kind of in a bad spot right now, have a bunch of losses in a row, but, my opinion, I always thought the Brewers were better than the Giants. It was really just the Dodgers. It's kind of like the Bucks. You know, we talked about this before. The Bucks and Nets was looked at as the two best teams, right? So right now yeah. in the NL, it's the Brewers and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the big bad Brooklyn Nets with all the star power, all the money, and all the marketability. So, so your your Giants, your Giants are the Philadelphia 76ers in that analogy. Yes. 
Yes, essentially, because like okay. people wanted to throw the 76ers into a conversation they really didn't belong in. Were you ever scared of the 76ers? No. No. They had one of the most dominant players in the league in Embiid. Yep. I'm never going to say yep. that he's not great. But the rest yep. of that team, I was kind of like, man, it's kind of fool's gold to me. You know, they had the coach. They had all these big-name players. Like, people know Danny Green. He has championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is supposed to be this killer. They had the other Curry brother. Like, I Tobias Harris. Brother, but, I mean, he played well. They have a bunch of good players on that team. They have uh, Tybal. I mean, yeah, he's a very he's good a defender. defender. I mean, yep. they have a lot of they have a lot of good players over there, but I never was scared of them. I never thought they were on our level. That's kind of how I felt about the Celtics a couple of years ago too. But you know, it's a whole different conversation. But that's how I feel about the Giants, man. They're I don't think the the Giants are really a threat to us. The Brewers could the Brewers can mop the floor with them pretty easily, I think. Just like the Bucks. Well, I mean, they're, the Sixers. they're they're doing this on the road too, which is the which Local is the other players. thing. And we're, we're showing it right now. The pitching travels. That's what I yep. say, and it's it's right here. Game one and two, Burns and Woodruff, nine Ks, eight Ks in San Francisco. The pitching and travels. The Giants have the number one home record. They have the most wins uh, are at home in the in majors right now. So it's it's power on power. Like when you say a number one offense versus number one defense, number one defense usually does pretty good because you know defense travels, pitching travels. I love that you said that. That was so brilliant. Um, the Brewers can can go into anybody's house and they can beat anybody. I said the same thing about the Bucks. Nobody wanted to believe me. Yeah, we're gonna have to see, but yep. you know, the writing is on the wall that Dodgers versus Brewers is the real World Series, in my opinion. That's how I feel. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm seeing from a lot of things that I'm reading about the World Series is that the winner of Brewers Dodgers, if it gets to that point, is gonna beat whoever comes out of the AL. And what did we say about Bucks and Nets? Everybody said it. What did we say? The, the winner, winner of that series was winning. Yep. It's I agree. Same. It might be the year of Milwaukee, baby. Let's go. We keep it to the year of Wisconsin because Rogers said championship or bust. So I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold off hope, hold on to hope for that triple crown in Wisconsin. So Man, um if the Packers win, dude, <laughs> I might cry on air. <laughs> I might, bro. <laughs> They're the most important team to me. Remember we did that pie? Remember that pie we did with all the you know percentages of how much we love our teams? Yes. Yep. Dude, the Packers are so important to so many people and like me and you. And like if the Packers win the title, I seriously might cry on there. We we are in a group chat with two Lakers fans and a Portland Trailblazers fan. Yep. Because of the Packers. Yep. Think all about right. that. So <laughs> you touched on it a little bit. Jake Cousins. Uh, did end up with three strikeouts. He walked. You got the first out on the strikeout. Walked two batters in a row. So the Giants had first and second with only one out. And Cousins came in with back-to-back strikeouts. Sliders, bro. I told you he was throwing sliders last night. Yep. Time. That, too. He, I mean, Cousins, this is his first year up in the majors. Yeah. And he came out of nowhere. He did, too. And yeah. is pitching really well against one of the best teams in baseball. What up, Griff? all right so the other thing that i wanted to mention you mentioned it already about the rowdy telez triple that happened right after avi garcia got a single both of those things happen with two outs yeah so that's that's an important thing to do 
that's an important thing to do is getting hits and then manufacturing runs with two outs. Uh, the other thing, the last thing I want to give credit for here is Christian Yelich. So there's a fly ball. Lorenzo Cain hits. This is his second RBI. Lorenzo Cain hits a fly ball kind of between third base, shortstop, left field, kind of no man's land. And the left fielder and the third baseman are kind of like, are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? Am I going to get it? Are you going to get it? And it falls in. And Christian Yelich scored from first base on that play. Dude, he's the best like, base runner in baseball. I, I was just going to say, you brought it up last week that he runs the bases so smooth, but like watching that play and watching Yelich run the bases and score from first on a shallow fly ball that really probably should have been caught, mm-hmm. like that going along with the two out hits, like that's the kind of stuff you have to do against a first place team to get wins. Tyler? Not you, Tyler. The Tyler in the comments. If you ever bring up Baez about being the best anything at baseball ever again, I swear to God. Hey, <laughs> he is the best, best at one thing. Trouble with his new manager. That's what he's. No, nope, he's all. So he's best at two things. He's got. He's the best at something else too. Striking out. <laughs> Striking out. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Tyler hates us right now. He's gonna write a comment. <laughs> there it is. I told you. <laughs> No, dude, uh, dude. Kristen Yelich is the smoothest base runner. I shit you not. Those yeah, long Christian slides, is the best he gets base runner. perfectly. He's a monster. He's fast. Yeah, Yelich. Yelich is a nuts base runner. I will give, I will give Javi Baez credit on being a good tagger on um, attempts stealing. Javi Baez is good at that. I'll give him that. It's about it. I know he's your boy, Tyler. I'm just giving you shit, bro. That's why this is All this right. is really why we love doing it live. See, Tyler's not <laughs> as much of a shit talker. He's more of like a snarky comment kind of guy. Come back. I'm the shit talker, so I love doing that. But this this is why. This is what I live for, man. I love this. Sports and, and talking and engaging, man. Love it all. All right. It it happened against the pirates, so it doesn't count. <laughs> which the Cubs are barely better than now, by the way. We were just talking about that. Yeah, the, the the Rockies have a better record than the Cubs now. Man, they really have just fallen off the face of the earth. They really they just went, you know what, full sell. I'm going to continue to say that the Brewers ended the Cubs season with that three-game sweep when they won that game after being down 7 nothing in the first inning and then won 15-7. to because that series kicked off the 11 straight losses for the Cubs, and that's really when they went into fire sale mode. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that that the Brewers ended the Cubs series season. But yeah, season. Yep, that's what I meant. I Tyler I commented agree. the World Series, so I I said series. I meant season I know with that series. All right. Last thing I want to say about the Brewers is we mentioned it when we were talking with David about Jackie Bradley Jr. really struggling this year. Yeah, he's starting to hit the ball harder. Um, he had a really nice double, uh, just yeah. the other day. And then he had one hit that he hit against the twins into the right center gap. And he got robbed by arguably the best defender in baseball in Byron Buxton. So something relatively encouraging. I'm not ready to say that Jackie Bradley jr. Is turning a corner or anything, but he is hitting the ball hard. Um, not striking out quite as much. So hopefully a little glimmer of optimism, with Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, in some in some uh, interesting but not 
terribly relevant news. The Brewers did sign Keon Broxton to a minor league contract. So um, Keon Broxton is back in the Brewers organization. Um, Do you have anything else, Brewers, before we move into Badgers preview? Nah, man. Let's uh, see if they can get one tonight. Come back tomorrow. Let's see if we can just sweep these boys and make things really freaking interesting. Yeah, let's get the series. Let's get the series win tonight and get the sweep tomorrow. Yeah, man. All right. Let's talk Badgers and Penn State. College football is back. We are going to talk about the offense, the defense, and I actually got some comments in with uh, Jesse Temple, who writes for the Athletic for the Badgers. Uh, so I got an answer to a question that I asked him. But first things first is I want to let people know that Chesma Lucy, not Jalen Berger, has been listed as the starting running back for the Badgers. Um, Matt LaPay was just on the Ted Davis show the other day. And he said that Ches Malusi is kind of like a young veteran and he describes himself as such and that he's been able to pick up the playbook and the system quickly. And that's what's led to him being the starter uh, coming as a transfer from Clemson. Um, And this is going to be the first game for freshmen and sophomores with fans in the stands. So Jake, uh, do you want to start with the offense or the defense first? Um, Offense. All right, let's talk about the offense first versus Penn State defense. What do you have for the offense? Well, first of all, man, uh, it's pretty crazy that we start out with a conference game. There's uh, been a lot of talk and, about that, honestly. And it's a top 25 ranked matchup. I mean, Badgers versus Penn State. Number Badgers are number 12, Penn State's number 19. So there's kind of high hopes on both teams for this season. They, they really think that both teams are kind of in that middle area. They could be dangerous. They're not really sure. Um, other thing I was going to say is if the Badgers, you know, end up winning this game, excuse me, the game against Notre Dame week three could end up being a top 10 matchup. And that could be, that could be an interesting game that could really put us in the college football playoffs kind of deal. If we win both those games, but, uh, Badgers, Penn state, uh, right now the Badgers are favored by five and a half. So I'm doing this for all my betting people favored by five and a half over under is 50. So. For me, when I did my score prediction, I took the under and the Badgers covered. I don't know if you want to listen to me. I'm not I'm not a big betting guy. Badgers offense. What do the Badgers always do? I said it last week. The Badgers got those big, ugly dudes up front. Um, they're all 6'6". They're all 330, 315 to 330 pounds. They're freaking horses, dude. We got a bunch of Clydesdales up front. I think, you know, because it's a conference game, it's top 25 ranked. It's going to be two heavy hitters going at each other. There's going to be a lot of big hits. And like I said, uh, you brought up the fans. I think it's going to end up being a little bit sloppy at points. I'm looking for the Badgers to really run the ball and control the clock. Uh, Mertz, you know, he's got to get a little bit better off the play action because we are such a dominant running team. So if he can become a really good play action quarterback, hit Ferguson, hit Pryor, hit Davis deep every once in a while. I mean, those are things that I'm looking for. that that's really it. Just run the ball, control the clock, let the defense win the game. That's how I think this game, this conference game, is going to go. This is probably our toughest conference opponent we play. I am leaning Penn State, Iowa. I don't know who to pick. Iowa usually plays us really, really good, and we play Iowa every year. So that's why I'm thinking maybe Iowa. But Penn State or Iowa, this is either our first, our, our toughest, you know, you know, division opponent this year. So we will see what happens. Um, 
looking to run the ball, man. We got it. We got to get back to being a dominant running team. That's the that's the identity of Wisconsin football. All right. So you mentioned some good things there. Though we're into year two of Graham Mertz. Um, we'll see. We'll see what we get with Malusi. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field. Um, also looking forward to seeing uh, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor healthy along with Jake Ferguson, because the Badgers love using that tight end. Um, So the big thing for me with the offense is Paul Christ is back to calling plays. Last year was Joe Rudolph, the offensive coordinator, uh, was calling plays. This year it's back to Paul Christ calling the plays. Um, The other thing with Paul Christ is that he's also taken over as quarterback's coach. Last year's uh, Badgers quarterback's coach went to be an offensive coordinator at a different college. So Paul Chris has been the head coach and the quarterback's coach. So he's been working really closely one-on-one with Graham Mertz a lot. Um, Something that Graham Mertz has said that he really appreciates, that he's been able to have that closer interaction with his head coach, who is also now his quarterback's coach. Um, And you mentioned it already, the big offensive lineman. Graham Mertz described them all as maulers. Yeah, they are, man. They're huge. So this is on both sides of the ball now. But um, Paul Christ and Jim Leonard both talk about playing fast. So they're looking to get out and going right away in this game. So um, let's move into the defense. What are you seeing from the defense versus the Penn State offense? Um, Well, Penn State wasn't an overly good offense last year. They were kind of middle of the road in a lot of rankings. And they they lost their first four games and then they won their last or they lost their first five and then won their last four. So yeah, they got got hot towards the end of the year. Yeah, they were kind of a weird team. But the the Badgers, you know, last couple of years, uh, last let's say five to seven years have been really, really dominant defense. Um, We're always usually all right on defense. But, you know, since we've had our man and, you know, calling plays, it's been dominant. Something I want from the defense, um, along with running the ball and controlling the clock with the offense, is I want our defense to make a couple big plays. Like on a third down, let's let's sack their quarterback, get the get the eighty thousand faithful into it. You know, uh, that'll be really really big for a guy like Mertz. You know, uh, young quarterback. Um, talking about that, I actually when I was doing my research on Penn State, uh, the Penn State safety, uh, he's a junior, the three year starter, Jaquan Brisker. Uh, he was asked about Graham Mertz, right? And he said he was really, really impressed by Mertz's ability to read the defense and control the Wisconsin offense, you know, control the pace, know when to check down, check deep, you know, check into a run. And that's something that Mertz has really, really put a lot of work in, you know, reading reports and stuff. He's really, really trying to get better at reading the defense and when to check to a run. So when he, when uh, Brisker was asked to compare Mertz, who he reminded him of, he thought of another great Wisconsin quarterback. Who's the best Wisconsin quarterback that you've ever seen? Russell Wilson. That's who we compared him to. Hmm. He said because he has the ability to run, extend plays with his legs. He has the ability to throw off platform and throw deep. If we get anything close to a Russell Wilson out of Graham Mertz, it's going to be a fun year in Madison. That's all I know. I'm excited for year two of Graham Mertz. Um, I'm actually really excited for this Badgers defense as well. Um, I've said it a couple of times. I'm I'm more excited to watch the Badgers play defense than offense because their defense is so fun to watch. And so I mentioned that I asked Jesse Temple, who is the writer for the Athletic for the the uh, Wisconsin Badgers, and my question was, who gets the edge between 
Sean Clifford and the Badgers linebackers. Uh, Sean Clifford is a he's a read option type quarterback. Um, and last season he had 335 yards rushing in nine games. Um, but the thing with him is that he can be prone to turnovers. So if the Badgers can get any sort of pressure out of their defensive line and keep him in the pocket and keep him from running around, um, that'll be really good for the Badgers defense. Um, the Badgers defense returns eight starters, all four of the linebackers starting. So his answer to me asking who had the edge between Sean Clifford and the Badgers linebackers was you get all four starters back. Uh, Jack Sanborn was a first team all big 10 and Leo Chanel makes a good one, two punch. And he just said the challenge is for them is to create sacks, something that they really didn't do last year. They're all very sure tacklers. And they're great at recognizing plays, but they don't create a lot of pressure out of those linebackers. So that's, you know, that's something we're looking for between Clifford, who is a, a read option type quarterback, and the Badgers linebackers. Is can the Badgers get enough pressure to keep him from running all over the place? Um, knowing what I know about Badgers and their defenses, I would say the edge goes to the Badgers, and that was what he said in his answer. And, you know, you mentioned the betting with that. Uh, he said he would take the under as uh, as well as that. So um, Keanu Benton is a projected draft pick as a junior. I think he has a huge year. I will, Yoder, I will promise to keep an eye out for him on Saturday and uh, listen for his name to be called. Um, last couple things that I want to mention before we get to Jake's weather report is... <laughs> Two things. One, the Badgers have won 26 straight home openers. That's one. Wow. Two is StubHub posted a um, a report of their top 10 demands for college football tickets. The Badgers are in the top 10, but number six. Wow. Okay. I like that. I like that a All lot. Right. Huh. So, so weather report, Jake is back. All right, here we go. Football is meant to be played in the damn elements. I'm going to go on a little tangent here because I'm so sick and tired of these damn dome teams crying all the time. Listen, football is not like every other sport, okay? I said it's the best because you can play it in the damn snow. You can play it in the rain. You can play it in the sun, okay? Football is a man's game. So, with that being said, Saturday. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a perfect transition into the Packers when you're done. But it this is, is perfect. Is, is. I know. Um, <laughs> Badgers play on Sunday, 11 a.m. Be there, or be square. Don't be square. That's Saturday, bro. by the way, bud. Huh? Saturday, bud. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. So 71 degrees. Uh, showers in the morning. Clouds in the afternoon. There's a 30 percent chance of rain. Um, be a little wishy washy. Be a little bit of forecasty. Badgers are going to run the damn ball. They're going to win this game. I'm going to give my score prediction, and Tyler's going to go after. My score prediction for this game is Badgers winning 28-16. to 28-16. to All right. I'm going to say 24-10. to Wow, we're going to smoke them, boys, boy. Woo, I'm, 10 I'm, Dude, I'm excited for this defense. Eight returning starters. I'm excited for this defense. All right. Hey, if they went 24 to 10, man, we about to be a problem for Notre Dame. That's all I know. All right. So 
I said it. It's going to be a perfect transition into the Packers. Two things before we talk about the 53-man roster. Well, one of them kind of applies. First of all, for any Packers fans saying that the Packers-Saints game should have been moved to Lambeau, that was never happening. It was never going to happen that they were going to move that game to Lambeau Field and give the Packers an extra home game. That's why they discussed Dallas and why they ultimately settled on Jacksonville. They're not, they weren't going to move that game to Green Bay and give the Packers an extra home game. It just wasn't going to happen. No. Now, when they were discussing moving the game to Dallas, which ultimately didn't happen, um, people were talking about it as being a good PR move for Jerry Jones. Whatever happens with this game, now that it's moved to Jacksonville, what I would like to see, what I think would be a, a classy move on the part of Jacksonville and, and the Packers and the NFL as a whole would be to turn around and take the proceeds made from that game and donate it to the New Orleans, Louisiana area and you know use it for hurricane relief. That's my thought. Um, so that was weather-related. And then the other thing that's weather-related is the punter that the Packers traded for. I should have had his name pulled up because I knew how to pronounce it, but I didn't remember off of just memory. He is a monster. So the thing with him is the year before he was in L.A. last year, uh, he was punting in Buffalo. So very similar weather conditions. So should be pretty set with that. So you mentioned it already that he's a stud. Uh, I'm going to look his name up right now because I forgot. Dude, he had a he had a fifty four yard punt. So to like look, I didn't like know much about him, right? So the other night I was just like watching him punt, which was weird. But having our special teams be a weapon could just actually just make our defense good, which would be scary for everybody else. He had a punt the other night. He's a lefty, by the way, which is freaking amazing. That's he had cool. a punt the other night. Went it bounced out at the one yard line, coffin corner, perfect punt, fifty four yards, great hang time. You know, Bills players are down there. Like, if we can have a punter as a strong, like, be one of our better players. Mason was perfect last year, 16 to 16. He missed a couple extra points, but it is what it is. If we could have special teams, like, be a strength for us, we could be a complete team. That could, that could be one of the final steps for us. Bojorquez. Bojorquez. That is Tyler's attempt, and he is the name master, so you all listen up. You hear me? Bojorquez. I didn't look any YouTube videos up of him. That's where I get my pronunciations is by watching YouTube videos. So I will get back to you on that when we when we do the preview next week for nah, Packers. I'm going to say that you're right because you usually are. <laughs> I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that I am right. But let's talk about the 53-man roster. I want to know. I want to know if you had any surprises, and I want to know who you're happy to see having made the team. So when we were talking about doing this, I was like, I'm not going to be able to write anything down. So I'm not shocked right now. I wanted to right. do it. Like, when I'm looking at this, I'm not really surprised by anything, man. I mean, we all kind of knew that EQ was going to get cut. He got brought back to the practice squad, if you didn't see. Yep. Yep. Uh, Winfrey. He just he got brought back and he was practicing for the first time today. They didn't bring Begleton back. Uh, Dexter Williams got picked up by uh, who was it today? Denver or I forgot? Uh, I'll pull it up. You keep talking. I'll find out. Ah, he got picked. He got picked up by somebody today. Um, the Bills maybe, but um, I mean Ben Kurt, 
he's going to clear waivers. He's going to be our practice squad quarterback. Here it is. Yep. That uh, Jordan Love is going to be our backup. He's our number two. Uh, the Packers, though, they, they did everything they had to. I guess the biggest news was that we found out how long that Bakhtiari is going to be out. That's fair. Bakhtiari, you know, he could be out until they said, I think, the Washington game could be, like, really the first game that he could play. I heard week nine we could expect him back. Yeah. So they said that he's eligible to come back, like, October, like, 17th or 19th. It's minimum of six weeks, so he's eligible to be back. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Washington would be the earliest that he could come back yeah. on October 24th. Yep. And then the, yeah, after the that, they have a – yeah, after that, they go to Thursday night to Arizona. So that would be a short rest to try to bring him back. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's ready, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, but just bring him back after Arizona at that point. I, yeah, I would just bring him back for Arizona. Then you get him to play one game, and then he yep. gets 10 days off before the next game. So I mean, they they talked that Jenkins is probably going to be sliding over to left tackle. He'll probably yep. be the starting left tackle to start the year. So the offensive line depth, which ended up being a problem in the NFC Championship game, Tyler's going to have something to say here in a second, um, is really going to be you know shown on national TV for the first half of this year. So we're going to see what we got. I'm sure offensive line you know cuts was one of the bigger problems on this roster. They had to really think about Bakhtiari. But we'll see what happens, man. We got Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, and he's a master at you know calling out blitzes. And we're going to need Randall Cobb and everybody to dominate down low. I don't see a lot of deep bombs in the first half of the season, unless we're playing somebody really bad. I mean, looking at the first half of the season, we do play Detroit in week two and Cincinnati in week five. <laughs> man, I feel so bad for them, dude. I want to feel bad for them. But then every time you like interact with one of their fans, they're just like they're kind of like a grumpy asshole. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, Lions fans are grumpy assholes, man. Like every time you talk to them, you're like, "Oh yeah, Lions suck." Like, they, they they have no redeeming sports teams either. Like the Red Wings are terrible, the Lions are terrible, the Tigers are terrible, the Pistons are terrible, Michigan State's terrible, Michigan's terrible. Like there's no Michigan silver State lining is, like, in Michigan. Okay at basketball, Michigan State's okay at basketball. Because they have a good coach. Yeah. but And he's like 100 years old at this point. He's going to be done pretty soon, you'd think. Coach K is retiring, so Tom Izzo can't be far behind. Yeah. Uh, You're not wrong. All right. So, back to the Packers. Um, I wasn't – yeah, like you said, I wasn't terribly surprised to see EQ cut. Um, Bakhtiari starting the year on on the pup list. So, I was holding up two fingers. Because the sounds like the Packers are starting two rookies on the offensive line. It sounds like Josh Myers, the starting center, which isn't terribly surprising, but it sounds like Royce Newman won the starting right guard job over John Runyon. That guy's a terrible haircut, by the way, but whatever. <laughs> you don't like the mullet? No, not with not with that facial structure, buddy. I'm sorry. All right, so there was one bummer. I was hoping to see KV on Ento make the team. He's back on the practice squad. Um, Vernon wow. Scott and Henry Black both made the team, so some backup safeties. So those two are on the team. Shamar Jean Charles made the team. He's a rookie cornerback that the Packers got in the fifth round, fifth or sixth round. Um, I believe from – is he from Appalachian State? Yeah. He's a little right. guy. He's a little – Yeah, he's a little – yeah. Yep. 
he's going to be guarding the Scotty Millers of opposing teams if you want to. Well, as long as we're not letting Kevin King do it, I almost swore again. <sighs> Sorry. That's why I threw that out there. I figured that would give people a a comparison for the type of receiver that such margin Charles would cover. Kevin King. F you, Kevin King. I mean, Kevin King's talking that talk, man. You see what he said the other day? I did not. He's talking about, I, you know, he, want, he wants to be one of the best players in football, and it doesn't matter what people say about him. I'm like, all right, man. Hey, if you're one of those guys and you run your mouth, cause he, whenever he posts, I think he, it's on Instagram. Whenever he posts on Instagram, he, he puts hashtag 100 mil. And I see Kenny Clark add in, and, like, there's a bunch of, like, Packers players that add into it. So, like, hey, man, you're going to be talking that talk, man. You better walk that walk. That's all I know. I try not to listen when Kevin King's name is brought up because I, I really, truly believe that Eric Stokes is going to pass him up as the, the other starting corner by probably week five after we've played San Francisco and Pittsburgh. I mean, Eric Stokes look, looks like he has all the instincts and the athletic ability to really take over a starting cornerback yeah. role. That's what I think. All right, so I want to close the show out by being super happy for Jack Heflin, who made the team. Um, Super excited for Jack Heflin. The guy works his ass off. He's all over the field. I'm hoping that he can win a starting job over a guy like Tyler Lancaster, but right now it sounds like it's going to be Lancaster, Kenny Clark, and Dean Lowry on the line with um, Kingsley Kiki backing up and Tadero Slayton backing up Kenny Clark and then Jack Heflin backing up on the the DNs but very excited to see Jack Heflin get some action in the regular season. I saw that uh Lancaster has like an elbow injury or something. So he's kind of battling an injury so Kiki will probably start that game 1 I'm thinking. Unless unless Lancaster just gets better in the next, you know, 11 days. Well, that's the thing that the, the NFL is doing this year they haven't done in the past is they're giving like an extra week in between the preseason and the regular season. That's amazing. Um, that's amazing. We're going to get the best football yeah. now. I yeah, I agree. That was that was something that was brought up and everybody was in favor of it of giving that extra week off, especially before you start a 17 game season. Um yeah, I think that was a smart move by Roger Goodell, one of few. Yeah, like one of the like six that he's ever made in the last 12 years. <laughs> But, like, you got to think about it, man. It's such a grind. You come into camp, man. Like, you're grinding, working out. You come in, you're working your ass off, you know. You got new plays and you're running new schemes, different things, new coaches, new players. Trying to make a team. They need that extra week, man. They really do. I mean, we get more rest than the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, but that game's going to be over by the middle of the third quarter anyways. Might be over sooner if Dak Prescott isn't playing. The Buccaneers are going to wipe the shit out of the Cowboys, which is a national pastime. Can't wait to watch that. So there's that. Uh, as long as C.D. Lamb gets like eight catches for like 90 yards and a touchdown, I'll be good. I'm not a Cowboys I'll make sure fan. I draft him tomorrow just because you said that. <laughs> You're going to nab him? Dude, <laughs> fantasy disclaimer, draft C.D. Lamb because the Cowboys are going to be ass on defense yet, and he's going to get the ball a hell of a lot. And yeah. I don't trust Ezekiel Elliott. Sorry. Whoever I don't either. Ask, and go ahead. Since since their offensive line has kind of gone downhill the last couple of years of, with injuries and guys retiring, like Zeke and Dak. I still like Dak. I can never hate Dak because he's a good guy. I just hate the team. That's true. 
He's yeah. that guy. You know, he's he's like had better production without a healthy old line than Zeke has. It yeah. seems like Zeke was much more a product of a healthy old line and a good offensive line than Dak was. Dude, he was truly Emmett Smith 2.0 because the Cowboys back in the 90s had a monster O line. They would literally open up holes that I could run through, and I'm huge. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Cowboys are a mess. I love talking shit about them. You know who I really love talking shit about, though? It's the Bears. <sighs> Dude, I got a couple of Bears buddies. I'm going to get some of them to come on the show that Bears week just so we can have the greatest content because they be talking out their ass, man. And by that time, Justin Fields is going to be starting, boy. Yeah, week six, yep, he'll be starting. He'll, he'll probably, honestly, he'll probably start like week three. Why the heck? Why, he should start week one. Why are they starting Dalton? That's so stupid. Because they're playing the Rams. They're going to let Dalton get killed by the Rams, and then they're going to let Fields start week two. Yeah, poor guy. It's not like Dalton could take all that, that beating, man. He's only 6'2", like 210. He's about to get eaten alive. It's going to be bad. The Bears' all line is a mess. They are a mess of an all line. And I'm just going to say this for all Bears fans. You guys always talk that we only have two championships with two great quarterbacks. Do you understand that if you get a great quarterback and you pay him all that money, you're not going to have a great defense? You have a thing called salary cap in football, and it's real, and it's hard to manage that. The Packers have been managing that for 30-plus years making it work with great teams, great teams. You think it's just a quarterback, and a lot of it is. But the Bears have never had a great quarterback. That's why they're always good on defense. You, If Justin Fields is that guy, you guys are about to suck on defense, and I can't wait for that because I think Jordan Love's going to be good. I really do. Uh, well, I said it when we were unsure of what was going to happen with Rodgers that I thought the, the Packers could still win the division with Jordan Love. It would be close. I think we – We'd be more competitive than we were back in the day, and we had to rely on like a Seneca Wallace for that like one quarter yes. that he played for us. And then he got hurt again. That was rough Scott for Vince Young. Days. Remember when Scott Tolzien was throwing fucking spinners on the Vikings, that. bro? That was so dirty. That was we can amazing. bring back Matt Flynn to beat the Patriots. Oh my god, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I think we'd be more competitive than those days. We're definitely a more balanced team. We got a lot more skill position players. We run the ball really well. We got a better coach. It'd be close. I I think right now, if I'm being completely honest, I'd give the edge to the Bears because their defense is a little bit better than us. It would be very, very close. But it would it'd be a good fight. Bears would actually I, have a I think it would it. honestly be a three team race if it was Jordan Love, because I do think the Vikings would be the all three of those teams would be hovering around that like that ten and seven mark kind of thing. The Vikings, so, the Vikings are a lot like the Cowboys, man. They they if, always find a way. You know, Stephen A. always says this. I'm going to steal something from Stephen A. He always says that when the Cowboys get to that point, they always find a way to let you down, right? I feel that way about the Vikings. To me, for the Vikings, it's all about their health. But the Kirk Cousins, I don't trust him, man. I really I don't, don't either, but he, he's serviceable. If I had to use a word to describe him, yeah, he's uh, Justin Jefferson's know. a beast. There's so many good young quarterbacks; it's almost hard for me to even like put him in the top twenty at this point. To be completely honest with you, he'd probably be somewhere around twenty. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good young QBs, man. There's a lot of up and coming guys. Like, like like we did it when we mentioned our our fantasy football sleepers. Like I mentioned Derek Carr. I'd rather have Derek Carr than Kirk Cousins. Hey, did you watch Get Up this morning or no? No. 
I felt so good, man. I saw a little uh, little clip, and Teddy Bruschi picked uh, Zach Wilson to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I was like, it's my fucking fantasy sleeper, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, dude I'm telling you. Him with Corey Davis? That, it. He has that mindset, dude. He has that kind of like, I don't give a I shit. Tell about. People, I think Zach Wilson's going to be one of the better quarterbacks out of this draft, but whatever. People should listen to me. I'm smart sometimes. Hey, Mac Jones? Mac Jones balling? Is he a fantasy grab now? I don't know. No. You don't think so? But, no. Out, I do give – oh, I'm so excited because I drafted Damian Harris on my, my league on Sunday. Yeah. And then once I heard that Cam Newton was cut and that Damian Harris wasn't going to get vultured from goal line touchdowns, I was <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I wish I would have looked into that. I could have probably sna- snagged him in my league on Sunday, too. I should not have said that because I'm going to be drafting him tomorrow. Well, you can have him. I'll, I'll let you have that guy. <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else? Um, no, we got Tim in the comments again. Tim thinks he can handle this business, but he really can't. Tim, you're my boy, but I'm sorry. I got to give you this work. Um, let's go Brewers. Uh, Badgers coming up. It's the best time of year. All the kids, all the parents right now, are you so excited your kid went back to school? It's amazing. You get eight hours of silence. I love Courtney had a really. Courtney had a shirt that she wore today. Courtney got a cricket the other day, so she's having fun making a cricket. So she made a shirt for Lily that said um, like a first grade T-shirt for Lily, and then yeah. she made a shirt for herself that said "Mommy's first day back to sanity." Oh, awesome! <laughs> Love it! Love it! It's, it's all right. True. Well, Tim, I'll let you draft Tariq Cohen, and then I'll take Damian Harris right after him. So, uh, looking forward to the fantasy draft tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun for the Wisco yes, Fanatics fans. Um. Yeah. Tomorrow, everybody get on that Discord so we could talk that trash during the draft. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. But go on the Discord. Um, Christopher, who reached out to the show, uh, made the Discord for us. Uh, he broke it up really cool. So if, let's say, you are a Packers fan, not a Cubs fan, like Tyler Wilkins is in here talking about the Cubs. We don't care because they suck. But he's a Packers fan. So you can just go follow just the Packers part of it. You can talk just in the Packers part. He's got it separated by teams, so you can talk about the teams that you're a fan of, and you don't have to listen to somebody ramble about the Bucks if you're a Bulls fan, but you like the Badgers, or something like that. Oh, so, we got a Red Sox fan in here, too. That's true. Jay is a Red Sox fan, so you can come in here and talk with us about the Packers, or um, you know, talk about with, talk about the Bucks or the Badgers, and he doesn't have to listen to us talk about the Brewers. So, yeah, check us out on Discord. I got the link posted on the on the Wisco Fanatics page if you want to talk with us in the Discord rooms. Um, I will, I'll will i pin that to the top of the Wisco Fanatics page for anybody that wants to look for it. Um, and then, like I said in the beginning of the show, we are on all the podcasting apps now. So if you don't catch the show live, you can still catch the show. You can listen to it. Um, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I think it's on iHeartRadio and Pandora. I'm not sure if anybody uses those to listen to podcasts as much as they do for music, but um, we're out there. So anywhere you want to listen in with us. And then uh, next week we will announce the winner of the August Parker Johns gift card for uh, sharing the show. So make sure you share the show every month. We're going to pick somebody that we see sharing the show often and uh, trying to spread the show and help us grow. So uh, every month we're going to give away a $25 Parker Johns gift card. So, Make sure you're sharing the show. All right. If you got nothing else, I will talk to you next week. Stick with us, boys. We're going all the way to the top. Take care, my man. All right. See you next week.